Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Erin Pym. Here at the podcast, I like to interview guests and performers from my stage show Bedpost that I run here in Toronto and beyond into this studio to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, I have two special guests, burlesque performers and clown performers. They're members of the troupe Clowns Kill Empires. We'd have Pickles LeVay and Hi. Imogen Quest. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. <laughs> so excited to have two of you here. It's kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. The more the merrier. Yeah. It's such a colorful room. It is. Yeah. yeah you both, I, I think we all look very like springy. <laughs> yeah. It's and, like, like the only room we could blend into the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah. Red locker. Yes. Mm. Bright colors everywhere. I feel like though I, I get like always with you too I get like very bright energy and like this just our outfits all our whole situation visually here today just like matches your souls (laughs) (laughs) it is it is a visual spectrum for for people listening that aren't able to watch yes it's a visual spectrum there's some visual things happening right now um and how I kind of came to know both of you was through the Bedpost stage show, yes. as sometimes happens with the podcast. I'll perform with you on stage and then bring you into the studs. So the let's talk just briefly about the actual performance that you did at Bedpost, maybe individually. Sure. Um, Imogen, you yes. did uh, a drag performance. Yes. Your your drag persona, Sydney Quest, came out to play. Yes, that on, is true. On a certain mm-hmm. Bedpost. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, that was nice. I don't get as many opportunities to perform male drag as I do some of the other stuff that I do. Um, so your show was really great because you were like, do whatever. And I was like, amazing. Um, so yeah, because really you were nice. like, do you want yeah. clown? Do you want burlesque? Do you want like, drag? Do, do you want, yeah, do you want <laughs> circus? Do you want, yeah. And I was Here like, there are all these options. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm really like precious about my drag. And mm. so I don't get to do it very often. Um, it mostly shows up in acting roles. So I do mm. most of my drag shows up with High Society Cabaret and their stage productions. Um, so it was nice to get like a cabaret slot to do it. Mm. Um, yeah, because I really like for my drag, it's my way. I take all of my ideas about masculinity and how it's presented in the world and I process them and what I see that I like and what I see that I don't like, what I would like to see, and I'm able to take that and push it out into Sydney Quest and create what are, I'm told, very moving and emotional uh. performances. Yes, <laughs> no, truly, because um, I don't know if this was exactly your words or not mm. about the type of male drag that you like to do, but you were kind of um, saying to me that a lot of male drag performs this kind of like hyper male masculinity, mis- masculinity, like chin strap mm-hmm. male drag that's very dudely. There is, uh, it's funny because there's such a wide spectrum of drag, but I yeah. do see a lot of that. Yeah. And like, At- sometimes I wonder if, if like a female identified performer, if like st- dressing up as a man for the first time, sometimes a lot of the toxicity that you've experienced, yes. 
I'm wondering if a lot of performers use their drag as a way to channel a lot of things that have frustrated them. Yes, interesting. And I've wondered, because especially when you're watching performers evolve over time. Yeah. Into these very interesting, nuanced, wonderful characters. Yeah, because your performance was an emotional performance, right? It wasn't that stereotypical male presentation. Mm -hmm. It was like a ballad you performed, a very emotional love ballad. Yes. And I feel like that's a very unique thing to see in male drag. I think so. Um, there's lots of opportunities. What's really nice is there is a monthly in Toronto called Kings and Classics. Yes. That's, yeah, it's a wonderful show that's exclusively dedicated to um, fostering the drag king scene in Toronto. So what's amazing about that is bringing all of these kings together has allowed us to sort of congregate and share ideas and balance off each other, which has been creating like this really interesting evolution and uprising in the drag community here with the kings, I find. Yeah. Super lovely. What do you what what's the word on the street as far as drag kings go? Like what's happening in that kind of culture in Toronto right now? Um, A lot of really exciting things. Um, There were some kings featured. uh, There was some great stuff on CBC recently Mm -hmm. that featured drag kings and queens across the city um kings and classics uh has been a really successful monthly and they've been branching out and doing shows in cities outside of town and they're going to be a big part of the fierce queer burlesque festival that's coming up as well as toronto pride and there's just been just like an increased visibility as well as kings in other cabaret shows and evening settings as well that's amazing yeah because Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people when they think drag Um, drag queens you know people Mm -hmm. just think drag queens and I don't feel like there's a lot of visibility for people doing performing male drag it's true and like I can't say uh, where's our RuPaul's drag race where's the male drag Hmm. version of there has been a massive demand for that and like hopefully it would be super cool like the way that like America's Next Top Model after many seasons of only doing um, female models like did a male season eventually Mm -hmm. and started adding more so like there might be somewhere down the pipeline like somebody somebody could just do it on YouTube though Um, and just create like a bunch of kings to do a reality and I'm sure there's definitely people out there trying to do it yeah. um it's just you know money a matter of yeah when, yeah seeing it when it's gonna happen yeah, yeah. so hopefully i feel soon. it's just hopefully soon yeah, yeah. and pickles Hi. your performance that you did at bedpost you did a couple you did one with fire and then you did another one with stapling yes do you want to talk about those for us let's go with fire first how did how how does one <laughs> how do you how do you do fire how do you um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's actually i started with fire fire is like yeah. the first thing i started doing like 10 years ago and it just kind of like eventually like built up to adding all these other skills like stapling things to your body yeah. skills skills <laughs> that's a skill yeah a skill an important skill yeah. or like putting things in your nasal cavity for entertainment you know yeah like more important skills but i don't know um i feel like my deal with all that sideshow stuff is just um like, I feel the same with, with um, burlesque as I do about sexuality stuff. I feel like there's just so much... You see so much trying to be, like, beautiful or animal or, like, mm. stuff like that. And I want it to be beautiful and animal sometimes. But then sometimes I want it to be disgusting. 
And sometimes I want it to be hilarious, yeah. you know, and I want to I want to laugh and I want to gross you out and I want I want all of that and it all to be mixed up and all have its time and place and maybe be surprising. And I feel like a common hashtag that you use is freak lesque. Is that one I, you I use queer lesque? Queer lesque, yeah, queer lesque, yeah. freak lesque, yeah. And I use keep planet earth and keep burlesque weird keep burlesque weird <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> totally so weirdness is like you're really drawn to that aesthetic yeah, absurdity absurdity yeah. yeah where did like playing with fire how, how did you start playing with fire <laughs> like um i was going to school for like um well it was international development when i was in college and like urban studies and women's studies and stuff and it was just the saddest it was the saddest all the time. I was crying. I was like trying to be like, man, I want to do a nice, I want to do nice by the world. But like, it's so sad. And then so I started doing circus stuff on the side yeah. and it made me feel better and more balanced. And then I'm, I mean, the circus stuff took more over. I know that sounds bad, but like, that's what's become like the main dedication. And what types of things did you start doing when you first started circus? Like flow toys like hula hooping and poi and contact juggling and then eventually I was doing it so much that people started like I started going to like the fire nights at the park in Winnipeg where I was living and people started handing me fire toys and being like do this you're good at it and then you know I smucked myself in the face with fire the first time and I was like oh nothing happened okay (laughs) I didn't die I didn't die I'm not flammable (laughs) my eyebrows are still there I have burned them off in the later years accidentally but I didn't that time and so I felt um, some you know extra confidence and it kind of like I'm shy I'm so shy and awkward and it kind of like lit up some some confidence you. yeah it lit up yeah it, no, <laughs> literally yeah, literally it lit, it up, lit and, up and I became more confident and I always called it like the the demon like I'd get the fire stuff and like something would open up and I'd kind of like leave myself and like become some like other part of my identity that I hadn't really chimed into before very interesting yeah it doesn't come around as much the beast now though the beast yeah I haven't seen the beast in a while yeah no now I'm just kind of like can just do it I can just kind of chime into that confidence without having to be like overcome but yeah yeah because you have more experience yeah. with the, with the control of of the the, uh, the emotions and yeah. whatever's <laughs> happening inside you at that moment yeah. you know you develop like more control over it yeah no it was helpful though and then where from there do you I feel like going to like stapling things to yourself I feel like that's a jump yeah that's kind of like now it's a pain thing like it, it's kind of it's a little different than just juggling fire for sure. example well, when I started, um, I w- was doing on-stage piercing. Ooh. So it, it's kind of like going back to my roots with the stapling. Like, mm. um, we used to have these shows. It was like a zombie sideshow thing, again, mm. in Winnipeg. And um, that freaky, freaky Winnipeg. Freaky, freaky <laughs> Winnipeg. I know. <laughs> like, but yeah, we'd do call outs. Like we'd get audience members to like call out a part of my body and we'd pierce it. So pierce like what, for example, you, like, like how, finger what are we webbing about? or back or neck. Putting what through it? Needles. A needle like through piercing your finger needles. webbing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or your back, like just a piece of skin on yeah, your back. Yeah, cheeks, like Ooh, stuff. on your face. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> so anytime I've seen like, okay, so piercing. So anytime I've seen like hooks in a back, yeah, you know, that type of a thing. Trigger warning, by the way. <laughs> I don't think a trigger warning is a thing you can give after the fact, but um, 
people being like hung by hooks and yeah. like that. It's in that world. No, and you get a endorphin boost. <laughs> you get a little yeah. pleasure from it, I think. Yeah. Do you think that like what's, I do. what I get, happens? Like, I get yeah. high from it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel pain does it hurt what do you yeah, characterize it as it like it painful no it it doesn't even hurt because of the endorphins like I feel like anytime I've done like piercing or stapling on stage mm-hmm. it doesn't I don't really feel it like mm-hmm. it feels kind of powerful and I'm a bit of a sadomasochist so like I, I would I, that know, was my may, next question <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah no I, I don't know it just feels great because you just have this excitement and like there's also like some kind of pleasure out of like watching the audience and seeing them like their reactions doing this, like, they're no, like no 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 like, <laughs> yeah my first show ever um 10 years ago this like you know really masculine bro-y guy fainted <laughs> A dude fainted. He dude fainted. Love yeah, he that. just went down. He took down some of our decorations in the audience, and we're like, "Whoa!" He grasped we, at we didn't, things yeah. on the wall. We didn't know about trigger warnings down. then either. Like, that. yes, I didn't. We didn't have that language for ourselves. Yeah, I had someone pass out in my show when we were just talking about trigger warning. <laughs> Did it right that time yeah. when we were talking about uh, urethral sounding. Right, had somebody pass out a male identify a penis owner, <laughs> owner pass out. It was just like. Because we went had kind of an explicit, there wasn't like an explicit demo happening on stage, but right. very explicit, specific talk about uh, urethral sounding, which cool. for people don't know is like inserting things up the urethra, with, which either men or women can do. But the specific talk was on like penetrating a penis and this dude just like, and he like, yeah, like beers on the table. You just like, like swept <laughs> like all the beers off the table. It was like, okay, end the show. Yep. Trigger warning. Trigger warnings. Very important. <laughs> you did one before I went on at your show. I did. Yes. Yes. I do. I do um, try to definitely do that, especially um, like, um, you know, emotional stuff about assault and stuff like that is very important to, uh, to talk about beforehand. Um, so, yeah, um, you generally thought of yourself like as a sadomasochist so pain wasn't like a big scary thing for you no before you got into this so that's is that like how did that seem attractive to you maybe is a good question I just it wasn't I wasn't really thinking of it in a sadomasochist or sexual way at all I was Mm. thinking of it more like for art (laughs) this will be an interesting thing to do yeah and it doesn't bother me to do it yeah it doesn't bother me to do it and it like really is like a mind freak for people to watch so yeah but I'm not like like I you know I mean well I like I like recreational fet stuff but I'm not like stapling myself for recreation on the daily no (laughs) even like the practicing I feel like I was really cowardice about it like I'd booked it for a show because I was like this will be a great Valentine's Day show and then I just like sat there at home with this staple gun being like you need to do this before you take it on stage (laughs) yeah you need need to try this this. at least once I'd be like maybe not today and I'm like do it the next day (laughs) and I'm just sitting in my basement feeling like a really weird person just (laughs) holding it being like do it do it maybe a shot maybe I'm like no it's morning like just do it (laughs) is a question I can ask about like safety as Mm -hmm. as to like infections and stuff like like I feel like for even people at home like it may not be the best thing to just tell people to go staple themselves and stick things in no no. I mean like with the piercing stuff 
we always had gloves and stuff, and I don't always wear gloves when I'm doing the stapling stuff. Is it but like sanit? Is the thing sanitized that you're like? It's, like I wipe or should my, it be? No, or, like I I, I do, don't know. Like, I do a I do a wipe down before and after on yourself. Yeah, yeah. I could do it safer. <laughs> <laughs> I could do it I safer. Could do it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> For sure. Because <laughs> like, yeah, when I, I think one of the a couple people were like, aren't aren't like a staples in a staple gun? Aren't they just like dirty? Like, well, I mean, it's not the old staple gun that I went and got from like, you know, somebody's basement. <laughs> like I bought this staple gun only for sideshow. Yes, it's bought new. It's in my sideshow like stuff. It's like it's not your dad's. No, I'm not like gun putting stuff up on the wall with it. Like I'm not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, you're dedicated. Yeah, no, all of I have like a great tool collection, and they're only for sideshow. Yeah, yeah, even like the nails that you because you'll do the thing where you kind of hammer the nail yeah, and your nasal totally. cavity, right? I like to yeah. keep those clean and yeah. separate. Also, do you do a neti pot after to clean out that nasal cavity? No. Nah. <laughs> nah. 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 Is your tetanus up to date? Yes. Um, <laughs> So let's talk about clown. The two of you are in the uh, clown troupe, Clowns Kill Empires. Tell us a little bit about that clown troupe and, and maybe where your origins for like doing clown started. Um, okay, so the origin of the troupe uh, was this interesting... Okay, we have to segue. So my interest in clown, yeah, we'll start from there. Um, it's been very widespread my entire life. I've just sort of always been around clowns. Like when I was a kid, my uncle and my grandfather were Shriners clowns okay. and traveling circuses and stuff like yeah. that. And then when I got older, when I was studying performance, I discovered that like theatrical clowning as performance theory was a thing. Yeah. So I went and did that. And then I came back, started getting into like theatrical clowning as well as clowning and burlesque, as well as like family entertaining uh, and discovering those are all like wildly different things that like within the clown umbrella. Yeah. It turns out the clown <laughs> umbrella is really big and a lot of them don't like each other. Uh-huh. Um, oh, they're cliquey. And a lot of and a lot of that is like oh if we only got to know each other like um so a couple years ago um i had some family entertainers in america were attacking myself and another performer here online over um clowns attacking other clowns yeah it was really oh weird. that is like, so funny we I'm saw just... like this really racist costume online and we were like hey like maybe you don't be do racist that. don't be racist <laughs> and then they were like Yee-la, internet nobody wins in the internet no if we know one thing um and so i was like i am scared people are like attacking me in the internet what do i do so i just i reached out in a facebook thread to every femme identifying clown i could find yeah. and was just sort of like okay here is this problem with general clowns not acting like clowns and being really terrible to each other um and so it started as just sort of a discussion group for like what can we do using uh positive aspects of clowning technique to improve society in general and to sort of branch outside of that um on the surface that's very funny clowns getting like getting in fights with other clowns on the internet it's ridiculous i understand it's a real issue but also that's hilarious (laughs) 
It's always one of those things. Like when you catch them online, they're like horrifying to read. But then when you're talking about them in social situations, they're a clown. Like, it's a clown. It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I fully understand that. Like the problems in my life sound absolutely ridiculous because they're usually about angry clowns <laughs> or like mimes yelling. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, so from there, um, uh, it sort of graduated uh, just from, so that that's it's a collective in this thread of femininifying clowns that are around the world um, that are just sort of like, yes, we believe in these things. We share similar ideals. We would all love to work with each other someday. Uh, but when you're spread out around the world, it's hard to get stuff done. Um, yeah. So I was really lucky when Pickles came back to Toronto about a year and a half ago. From now. Freaky Freaky Winnipeg? Yeah. Um, from Freaky Freaky Vancouver and San uh-huh. Francisco. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're both traveler types. So it's just kind of interesting that we have, we've both just sort of ended up here. And then Pickles reached out to me to just create content together. Mm-hmm. And so we decided it would be a really good opportunity for us to take Clowns Kill Empires off the internet and into real life. And, and just... And IRL it. Yeah. Yes. And IRL it. So what, what are generally types of things you do as a clown troop and a clown duo? Well, I mean... What type of clown, I guess? I feel like when it started because we were like the group it was like a thread on when it was a thread on the internet we were talking a lot about like consent stuff and like gender things and there was like a lot of social justice stuff and things and so I feel like we wanted to take that and put that into our clowning very nice um how do how do you how do you get across a notion of consent through clown um, well, like one of the original ideas we talked about in the thread, and I'd still really love to make this happen, it's just stay needing capital to start up, was um, someone had this brilliant idea is the amount of street harassment that you see, or because a lot of us work in yeah. like club environments, just mm-hmm. a lot of the like nightmarish stuff that you see when you're working in cabarets and clubs, where if we could equip every clown with a little like clown squeaker. Yeah. Uh, and so that way, like when you see something that is not as it should be, if you just start squeaking, squeaking <laughs> yeah. your little squeaker and Love notifying it. the offending party. And a lot of that is like I was sort of playing with the idea um, that uh, already I can you like, be, yeah, like, I can see the sketch in my head like formed. <laughs> it's like making now. a situation yeah. absurd. Uh, it's just sort of a way for us because uh, a lot of us are smaller human beings yep. and not necessarily. So it's just to sort of like minimize uh, to maximize like safety for all parties involved. As yeah. if we to make this scenario ridiculous, if we try as we're trying to make sure people are safe, it's it's just sort of our own self protection as yeah. well as the people around us. That, that reminds me of like um, sometimes in kink play. I think I've touched on this on the podcast kind of recently, but I'll just say it quickly. Um, like when um, a person say in a, a in a scene in a BSDM or kink scene, um, you know, are not able to safe word because their mouth is being is occupied right. yeah. by a, whatever reason. A popular thing is like a hand signal or a carry a squeaky toy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, one squeak is like is uh, red or whatever, and two squeaks is yellow. Like back off from mm-hmm. slow down a little bit. So. That's very good. But yeah, yeah we have this idea where it's just like if we had the money and to just get a bunch of squeakers and put little cards in with the message, we would distribute them. Yeah. We just don't have the capital. Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea that. of like yeah. citywide a female mm-hmm. identifying people having having squeakers mm-hmm. on them. Because there was there was a group and like that 
viral video from a couple years ago. It was a group in South America, I believe, that was fighting street harassment with confetti guns. Nice. Like I remember that cropped up like right after we had this conversation. Yeah, we're like, similar. it's amazing. Like a lot of people are on the same page uh, yeah. in terms of what can we do to improve society without. But it's in terms of fighting harm with like ridiculousness. Is yeah. this interesting? Yeah, faction that some people are working towards. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I feel like we're about time to take a break. Let's let's uh, do a little bit of a break in which I'm going to talk about some of our sponsors, and then maybe we can get into some fun things like the gender conversation. The gender I, conversation. The gender. Because I feel like it's a meaty one, and I'd like to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. So maybe we can do that in the second half. Um, in the meantime, I want to tell everybody about. Um, Let's start with uh, Oasis Aqua Lounge. Are you guys familiar? We are. <laughs> I work there. I know. I know. <laughs> You're like Oasis who? We're Never performing. I'm there. here. I'm here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm performing there this Friday. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. We're, We're all familiar. But are you familiar? Uh, Oasis Russell, I'm looking at the technician. <laughs> Um, for everyone at home that's listening, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a super awesome sex-positive sex club that's located here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Um, it is a, a, an extremely inclusive uh, and diverse venue welcoming all people of all genders and all sexual identities. Um, they're super shame-free when it comes to all types of pleasure and play. Um, and it's also just like a community hub here in Toronto for all sex-positive folks, be it businesses, entertainers, um, and uh, educators, sex educators as well, um, which happens a lot there. So uh, you can go to oasisaqualounge.com. <laughs> Hmm, do you find out um, more about Oasis Aqualand? Um, secondly, I want to talk about Come As You Are. Have you guys heard of com- the sex shop Come As You Are? <laughs> come As You Are uh, is a Toronto-based sex shop that is located online at comeasyouare.com. They are a feminist and anti-capitalist sex shop, um, and they want to give you the best products at the lowest price possible. And uh, I have coupon code because they want to prove that to you. They're going to give you a 15% discount with the coupon code BEDPOST, which is B-E-D-P-O-S-T. Um, the period, not period. <laughs> Just end of my sentence. Um, so <laughs> and uh, one of the fantastic uh, um, companies that uh, is stocked on comesyora.com brings me to my third sponsor, Unicorn Collaborators. Um, and what's fantastic about Unicorn Collaborators, they are made by two queer unicorns that have been doing this here in Toronto for about five years now. And they make all their products in a wide variety of sizes, like so many different sizes. So the product you're getting will either be super adjustable or you can actually get the size, the perfect size item for you. And they're also really happy to do um, custom pieces as well. So if they happen to not have your size, they'll make it for you. And they're always... Uh, interested in like creative collaborations for kind of new ideas and things as well Uh, and to get a hold of them you can email them at unicorncollaborators at gmail.com also if you follow them on uh, on media social media I believe it's called nowadays um, you can DM them (laughs) (laughs) you can DM them um, for inquiries as well so hello 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 and welcome back Oh, 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 he's still here? Aha. Uh-huh. Um, gender. Okay. You two, um, I believe you kind of incorporate a lot of gender themes 
in your performance styles. Yeah. yeah. Would that would that mm. be correct to say? Yeah. I have no words right now. I'd say so. Yes. I was like uh, the word I was like the words I was gonna use for that. I'm not sure if they're radio appropriate. I'm not sure oh. if we're like censored. We're not. Okay, right. I was gonna be like gender fuckery. Gender fuck. Is, gender fuckery. Um, yeah, gender fuckery is I think is a large part of our, our brand. Amazing. Where mm. does that come from for the both of you? Why is that important for you to kind of uh, have that come across in your performances? Right. Well, we're both non binary people. Mm-hmm. Um and we both do drag and then femme presenting burlesque Mm -hmm. and so I feel like it was a a natural thing to get put into the performance but then also I think that that's kind of uh, one of like the important messages we're trying to get forth in a lot of our acts is just um, the spectrum of gender Mm -hmm. you know we're trying to like like our last act or the act that we do most often our signature at the moment Mm -hmm. um like I'm femme presenting and Imogen is more mask presenting but we try and like switch like what our like what the sexual roles that we'd be expected to play are mm-hmm. like we just try and like mess mm-hmm. with it and do more like gender performance stuff mm-hmm. so like power dynamics kind of yeah. switching yeah. fluctuating mm-hmm. more fluid yeah and it's just sort of yeah working within like looking at existing like stereotypes of yeah. what is mask and what is femme and then combining those things inverting those things and subverting those things and yeah. just the wide wide spectrum that is gender and de- that is sexuality like there's so much within that um there's so much within that to yeah like mix and match and just have a good time with yeah apart. what do you think like the um the issues are with kind of really holding strictly and holding fastly to traditional like ideas of gender of the two genders i mean live your best life if you're like super comfortable in your life as you're living and how you're presenting it keep at it but it's just for me i sort of see it if you are immediately shutting out options you're restricting possibilities Mm -hmm. it's that thing it's it's like eating food how do you know you don't like something if you haven't tried it but it doesn't mean you're obligated to try anything or do anything but it's just more like being open to the possibility that somebody might like to try this Mm -hmm. and like you don't have to if you don't want to but and that goes with like gender and sexuality and snacks yeah, it's also <laughs> like, the most so important sure. topic. But yeah, I think it's just like you just need to be open to the possibility of seeing um seeing what's out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And also like if you are being really present with somebody, you know, like I feel like um how do I word myself? Um if you're assuming anything about anybody, then you're not necessarily having a full interaction with that person. It's like, do you ever like meet someone and you get a crush on them and then you have like a whole relationship with them in your head and by the next time you're talking to them, you're not even really talking to the actual person. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking to like something you've created of them and you're not there to actually like get to learn who they are and how wonderful they could be because you've already like built up a dream version and I feel like we do that to each other all the time, everyone with gender stuff is like people see you in a certain way or that, you know, I see someone in a certain way and like if you're assuming things, then you're not actually like you know learning who they truly are and and truly having the interaction the amazing interaction that you could be having with them yeah Yeah. 
I feel like that might be, I feel like that happens a lot for um, specifically someone who's femme presenting. Yeah. Like people assume female. Totally. Like if somebody's kind of has an androgynous look or like short hair or something like that, people are kind of more open to the idea of them being gender fluid For or, sure. or uh, gender non-binary or, um, or whatnot. But a femme presenting person, I feel like people are always like she, her right yeah. off the bat without asking. No, totally. You like know? when I'm, when my hair was short, people were really open to using they pronouns with me. Yeah. And then as soon as I like grew it back out, they're people like, are like, yeah. And, and they like kind of argue with you about it. They're like, no, like I have a hard time with that with you. I don't see you like that. And people like actually say that and they're like, nope, no, I'm I use won't. This. I won't. Yeah. And it's super offensive because like, you know, your fashion can change. Like there's a lot of played you can do with fashion and it has really nothing to do with your inner identity yeah exactly that's super important to say like how you how you present doesn't necessarily dictate you know what gender you identify with at all Mm -hmm. not even not even yeah, a little and it's bit. like also putting this binary on fashion that I find is a massive, which is so shame. dumb. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, Limiting. yeah. Again, yeah, again, we're saying with like the limits of kind of being so strict. It's like you don't think you can wear pink because you're a boy. How sad for you! Yeah. Like how? Like what else are you missing out on in that life? You secretly like, want to do, but yeah. you feel isn't like show your emotions. Yeah. For example, like how fucking sad! Like mm-hmm. that you, yeah, that you're afraid. The the fear is there because they'll look girly or or mm-hmm. gay if it's if we're talking about like totally. a hat a hat dude says dude, you know afraid to look gay it's like oh how how sad yeah and then even like you you can like bounce it the other way like where like people feel the need to like you know like I I felt the need in the past to look more masculine than how I wanted to look Mm -hmm. so that people would accept that or like people who feel like they can't like be seen as queer enough for things like that in the queer community yeah you know like all of these things are not allowing people to be their best self yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I always hide the question for myself because I went by. I pretty much still do say bye for myself. Yeah, but it was and and why I've kind of always stuck with that term. First, I'm old. Uh, second, <laughs> um, I was. It was always the question of, well, am I queer enough to say yeah. I'm queer? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're queer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you say you're queer, if you you're feel queer. queer, you're queer. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. about, that's bottom line. Yeah, yeah. In your performance, um, what do you kind of hope to let people know about about gender through like the type of kind of gender fuckery that you two do? I feel um, a lot of it, especially like using clown specifically as a medium to mm-hmm. present sexuality and gender is... Um, we're not really subtle about, about <laughs> what we're presenting. Um, it's like pretty heavy handed, but a lot of it is just, especially with things like gender and sexuality, um, especially how I view them, where it's like it is, it can be a joke. And it can be, in the sense of that it can be light, it can be fun. It doesn't have to be a loaded so loaded so rigorous so intense and there are moments where absolutely these things do need to be serious and rigorous but for the most part like Let's in a day-to-day conversation like why can't gender be this colorful explosion of confetti and why can't sexuality be this like spectrum of 
animals and <laughs> animal crackers and rainbows and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, because that's my whole thing with bedpost as well. Like, obviously, uh, there are definitely very serious, loaded, heavy conversations to have when mm-hmm. it comes with people's relationship with their own sexuality and, and whatnot. But on the other hand, it's like, it can also be fun and not that it should be fun for everyone mm-hmm. or anything like that. There's but a time it's and a place. Like, like, yeah, there's time mm-hmm. and place for everything, but it's, uh, you know, it's the positivity aspect mm-hmm. of, you know, the sex positivity aspect that I'm always like very eager to like perpetuate. Yeah. You know, just because it's going to, by coming from a sex positive mindset, it's just going to welcome more people in mm-hmm. um, and expose, you know, expose, inspire, give insight to more people when you present it in a certain way, yeah. in a certain context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find that with your with your yeah, performing as well? Yeah. You'll reach more people kind of through Yeah, like an interesting experience. Earlier uh, this past winter we were fortunate enough to be invited to be part of the Bi Visibility Cabaret at mm. Buddies and Bad Times Theater, mm. which was absolutely wonderful awesome. when we got there. Yeah, it was like the best. But all the other artists that were performing had these really beautiful, serious, intense like pieces. performance pieces. And we're like, We brought dick balloons. <laughs> 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 um, but like I think that's why it was really important for us to realize that like we were incredibly valid alongside them and that like yes. what we were creating um Katie Sly who curated that like it definitely gave gave me the confidence that like what we were creating is is reading the way we want it to and does have it has the have equal amounts of imp- yeah, yeah of validity and importance yeah. to it just because it's being presented just because in it's a, ridiculous yeah uh, it doesn't mean like there's still I'm like oh okay cool so like messages are still coming through yeah it's, it's still giving just, the same message it's yeah. still yeah but just mm-hmm. presenting it in a different way yeah. yeah are you too excited for pride are you big pride party partiers mm-hmm. I <laughs> I like go through waves with pride I like yeah. get myself psyched for it and then I go out one day and I'm like oh no <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, absolutely I hate people. Not. <laughs> like, right, right, the people. <laughs> um, so I'm like starting to like I've had a couple like bookings come in, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. Um, so like I'm gonna be on like the main stage burlesque show, for example, awesome. and so on. Um, we have a gig together at Oasis. At Oasis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll be part of that. Very cool. So like these really exciting shows, I'm getting excited about. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. Are you a pride goer? Um, yeah, I am usually not in town for Toronto Pride. I was yeah. last year I got here and like we did this like House of Filth cabaret where we got to be part of it and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, randomly got to go see Bonnie M. So that was funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was exciting for me. But yeah, no, I go. Um, I can't go too much. Yeah. Because I get a little crowd. Anxious. Yeah, a little crowd anxious. Yep. <laughs> feel you <laughs> a little overwhelming yeah. feelings happening with so many people yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's just like uh, floods of people like pouring yeah. into everywhere but there's Le- so many good shows so much awesome yeah. content like I love mm-hmm. seeing what everyone's putting out there for all those little side shows that are happening everywhere at night like all the all the cabarets and the poetry and the burlesque and drag and storytelling yeah. and I love that so much and yeah. the community just going and getting like powerful together yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you I, I I kind of get from you too that you do express yourself very authentically mm-hmm. on the regular. So is that is that a thing that is either amplified at Pride for you or or 
I don't know. How do you feel about, you know, the freedom of the celebration? Amplified or, for me any more than it is <laughs> on like, like I'm like a surprisingly consistent person. Yeah. So I'm just like, it's ex- like I'm queer every day. Yeah. I'm dressed like a rainbow, like. Six out of seven days. Yeah. Um, at the supermarket. Yeah, yeah, at the supermarket. So, yeah, grocery shopping and sequins and that sort of yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate pride and, like, what it is and what it stands for. Um, there are pros and cons to pride, mm-hmm. though, every year. So it's just, like, so what's interesting when it comes together, this is, like, the I should have been a sociologist in me, is that you get this <laughs> microcosm of queerness mm-hmm. uh, in the city, and you get to see the best and the worst of it. Right. So I look forward to seeing the best, but you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm also going to have to deal with, like, the worst this community has to offer yeah, at the right, same time. Right. And it's at just, its best, what is the Toronto queer community? Do you um, think? I've started since I moved here to Toronto a couple of years ago. Um, I've started looking for because I am queer, but I'm also Caribbean. So I'm looking for and this has been really successful and lovely for me is uh, looking like going out with uh, family members of like actual family and chosen family where finding like events for like uh, black events, POC events, indigenous events, Caribbean events Mm -hmm. is finding is being surrounded by um, queer people of color Mm -hmm. is a really special space that that creates. And especially um, there's some really good Caribbean queer Caribbean events, which are beautiful and exciting, especially for, um, because it's being queer in the Caribbean is a not okay mm-hmm. thing to do and is very dangerous. So uh, being able to be able to celebrate our queerness and our Caribbeanness in one place is kind of unique, rare and special. and special. So it's great when we can congregate together, which is probably one of the my favorite things that Pride has to offer. Amazing. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about Pride Pickles? I don't know. I've been to like two <laughs> Toronto Prides. I mean, I've been to a do lot of pride other ones yes. around around the world. Like I went to like Barcelona Pride and Berlin Pride and Vancouver Pride and Winnipeg. And, and I got to say, like, I like the little ones in yeah. the places mm-hmm. where like, you know, like the kind of like smaller, more rural prides Mm -hmm. where it's like people like really need that because I think the thing I get kind of aggro about is like last time I went to Vancouver Pride I felt like it was like 10 minutes of cops Justin Trudeau and his family 10 minutes of cops and then like it'd be 10 minutes of banks and then there'd be like you know (laughs) yeah like queer seniors that fought the good fight and are still fighting the good fight and that are fucking heroes and then 10 minutes of banks and then (laughs) another you know yeah and I was getting just like you know you're trying to party because it's this big party and everyone's so fun and we're all dressed fun and you know there's confetti everywhere and everyone's dancing and, and I want I want to experience that fun and I want to like have the firecracker self you know come out not Mm -hmm. the like analytical self but I'm sitting there being like why why banks I'm like yeah why are the like why are the senior queers that fought the good fight not on the cover of the newspaper like I don't want Justin Mm -hmm. Trudeau and the banks on the cover of the newspaper I want us to be focusing on like people who are like doing these incredibly brave things and have been mm-hmm. and and do you find thing. that's the thing that happens more often at the smaller kind of pride celebrations yeah, well, the yeah. focus is where totally. it should be yeah I think I think so I feel like it feels still more like a celebratory protest which is what I want mm-hmm. and I I love the big party I, I really mm-hmm. do I just I have a hard time getting out of my head about it and it's there you know it's like I don't want to be like trashing pride it's great yeah because um, those things and those people and those heroes are there yes you know yeah. you just gotta like 
they're there in a sea of sponsors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wade yeah. through the banks. And they are there and we need to appreciate them and I think it's yeah. awesome. But yeah. Yeah. That's a thing for me. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like, what is pride to you? You know, is it a celebration or is it a protest or a thousand things in between, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be different for everyone. Essentially. Totally. Um, we're pretty much wrapping up here, if you can believe it. Whoa, I know fast. you both have a lot of things coming up. Would you like to tell me about some of your yeah. fun, fun, fun performany, performany, um, performancy stuff we have coming up together? So mm-hmm. hopefully this will air in time is at the end of the month. We are part of I don't know if you can see this. The Fierce the fierce Queer Burlesque Festival, which is an international burlesque festival. So mm-hmm. the festival's been around for six years, and this is the first time it's come to Toronto, because it's in a different city every year. Amazing. So this is the first time out of America. Amazing. So we're going to be performing Thursday, May 24th, in the opening night mm-hmm. at Buddies and Bad Times. Mm-hmm. And then we will be around for the weekend just being clowns and making balloons <laughs> yeah, and clowns yeah. for money. <laughs> and then the weekend after that, on June 1st, mm-hmm. we are curating a clown burlesque cabaret for the Toronto Festival of Clowns. Um, which is at the Monarch Tavern. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is super exciting. Very cool. Uh, I believe their website is torontofestivalofclowns.com. Com. <laughs> if you Google it, it'll You'll show up it. and you can see pictures of me on the website. Awesome. It's very exciting. Very cool. And then that weekend wraps up with June 3rd is uh, Sinful Sundays at mm-hmm. Cherry Cola's, uh, which is a weekly burlesque show. We are going to be presenting Clownskill Empire's Takeover, and it's going to be Showbos and Showgirls. And we have a special guest from show Edmonton. Ponies. And some other fun stuff. And Amazing. some rodeo clowns and things. Amazing. Anything yeah. you have to add, Pickles? Um, no, that's that's what we got going on. And then You did a pretty good job. Yeah. Well, we're also at Oasis mm-hmm. on the Saturday of Pride. Lovely. On the 23rd. Great. And then that's we're doing June. Nerdlesque Drag together. Woo! Also at Oasis on Sunday the 20th. That's May the twentieth. May the twentieth. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Um, is are move. there places um, that people can reach you, follow you? Um, yes, you can find us on the social medias mm-hmm. at uh, clowns with a s. Clowns kill empires is where you can find both of us. Uh, you can find me on most platforms at Miss Imogen Quest mm-hmm. and Pickles. I'm. Pickles LeVay on Instagram and Pickles LeVay Burlesque on Facebook. Amazing. Yeah. I want to thank you so much for coming and speaking with me today. Thank you, thank you for having us. It has us. been quite the gender fuckery yes. here at the Bedpost Podcast. And um, every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every day is a party. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as Bedpost stuff goes, um, if you're in Toronto and want to see the Bedpost State Show um, live, uh, we are the... Uh, last Tuesday of every month at 9 at the Super Wonder Gallery and the third Friday of every month at 8 at the Social Capital Theatre. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, please subscribe. That will does great things to my business always. Same with if you're listening to me on uh, me and Pickles and Imogen on iTunes or another podcasting app, a rating and a reviewing always helps out as well. It just makes more people aware of the podcast and we'll get uh, some more of the uh, good words spread around. Um, I want to give a huge thank out to... Uh, thank out yep shout out slash thank you 
<laughs> so thank out. <laughs> it's my new thing. Um, to our coined. podcasting, yeah, coined, <laughs> trademarked. Um, a huge thank you and a shout out to uh, everyone at this Sonar Network. Um, that's the podcasting network that I'm a part of. Also, a big thank you, as always, to uh, Eggplant Media and the folks here at the Pacific Junction Hotel. Um, they do all the amazing tech for our podcast and our video uh, content as well. Um, if you are listening to iTunes, you're going to hear original music by Stephanie Copeland as well. And she can be reached on her website at stephcopelandmusic.com. And I want to thank you both once again. And I want to thank everyone that's uh, listening and watching. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 